and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Dollars and Making Sense. I'm Ray Treveson from OTG Capital. I'm really pleased today to have at the microphone CEO of a new organisation that's been rebadged from an old organisation. We're going to be talking a lot about that today. Pippa McKee from the Institute of Financial, Financial Professionals of Australia. There you go. I'm still learning it myself, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and I, it's a bit of a mouthful. Before it was Tax and Super Australia. Now, you would recognise that name, ladies and gentlemen, because I've had on the show previously Natasha Panagis, uh, Neville Berthsell, and also um, Phil London from uh, Tax and Super Australia talking about their various uh, areas of expertise. And today I thought it would be really uh, handy to have Pippa on the show because there's a rebranding happening now and you're going to see this out in the marketplace. I think it's very exciting and we're going to be talking a lot about that. So, uh, long-winded explanation, but welcome to the show, Pepper. Thank you very much, Ray. Lovely to be here. Wonderful day here. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, we're actually recording this in the, in the sunny Gold Coast because we're here at a at an investment conference, ladies and gentlemen. So we've got the benefit of actually. Uh, you can't see this, but it's a beautiful view, a bit of beautiful vista from a few floors up in the the Hilton at Surface Paradise. And uh, we're, we're stuck in the middle of schoolies week as well, so it's been quite a spectacle, I've got to say. <laughs> so um, let's just say there's some interesting fashion statements. I'll leave it at that. But, but Pippa, before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's discussion, can you give the audience a little bit of a feel for your background? You know, where have you been before you came to the, the IFPA? Okay, thanks, Brian. Um, well, I guess my background is primarily uh, in the area of publishing, uh, and marketing. So uh, product development and communications, stakeholder management it's, has been sort of the mix of what I've done in the past. So I, I guess the most relevant of those would be I started my own publishing business uh, in the late 90s, uh, which was in the racing industry game. So it, wow. was, <laughs> it was around a lifestyle uh, racing publication, which mm -hmm. went to members of race clubs around Australia. So that was a lot of fun, um, and, but you do get to learn about, you know, contracts and um, stakeholder management, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, I sold that business and then uh, stepped into another role with an American-based publishing organisation. Um, we produced compliance publications in the area of workplace health and safety, employment law. And then also financial newsletters, which is why the, um, the, the interest for myself um, in Tax and Super Australia, uh, when the job came up, I was interested in that uh, role. Uh, so the, the main thing that I have been doing at Tax and Super over the, the past three years is um, re-looking at the organisation. Um, the board brought me in to do a bit of a strategic overview mm -hmm. uh, and also to resource it up okay. because we, we just felt like we needed more in the way of uh, technical expertise. So I think it's well worth uh, going over this ground. I've covered this from the, with Natasha in the past, but I think for uh, our listeners today, I think it's really worth going over this again. Maybe to give the, the audience a bit of a view of who your membership is, because I often describe it as being the AMA for tax agents, but it's a lot more than that, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, Tax and Super Australia was originally called Taxpayers Australia. 
Um, it was set up in 1919, so we've got a, a long... Wow, over 100 years. Exactly right. So um, our members over the years have been uh, generally accountants, tax agents, and then, of course, more, more in more modern times, superannuation specialists. Um, and so the, the we've got over 4,000 members uh, on our membership at the moment, and we... It's, it's really the, the small to medium practitioners that we look after. They, they come to us because they don't always find that they're represented in the bigger industry associations. So we, we look after the, the issues of the day for them, which, is, which are generally more um, practical focused, as in their issues with the ATO, their interactions with right, the ATO right. on behalf of clients, etc. So um, we are... We are uh, a very much a, uh, a hands-on, practical solutions-focused organisation. We normally don't use brand names on community radio, Pippa, but I'm just curious. So your, your representative body, though, uh, would that include, say, some of the larger tax handling agencies like ITP or H&R Block that you know, our, our listenership might be familiar with those brands? Look, we might have some individual practitioners uh-huh. who do work through those organisations, but they, the organisations themselves right. are not our, our members. So. Okay, so headquarters is not, um, and, and, and so, as you say, because the, they're their businesses of their own, aren't they? In That's effect, right. Franchises with, that use the branding. Some of them are. The, yeah. way, the way they're structured just depends on, on how their organisations are. But um, the, the bulk of our membership are sole practitioners or practitioners who have one to five principles in their in their organisations. Okay. So, and again, when you think about it, that's the vast majority of accountancy groups out there that are dealing with everyday tax issues and mums and dads and I myself, for example, my own accountant is a, is a one-man band. He's a great guy. He's a chartered accountant. I need to ask him, actually, if he's a member of, of, of IFPA. But I guess when I look at the new website now, your mission statement says to educate and empower today's tax and superannuation professionals. But, you know, given the fact that you are rebranding into something broader, is that being, um, is that being revamped as well? Look, it's, it's the, um, the essence of it is still correct uh-huh. and, and what we are. Um, w- what we're doing is uh, we're broadening our membership base, so we still want to educate and empower. Right, right. Um, it'll be, um, but, it, but now we're going to be including not only tax and superannuation professionals, but we're broadening it out into the financial advisor sector. Um, and so with with what we offer members, um, it's it's a lot of education. Um, we, we offer them uh, Helpline services, that sort of thing. So, educating and empowering them to to provide the solutions that they need to their own clients mm-hmm. is what's important to us. So, it, it's as I said, it's it's still a current um, mission statement, if you like. Right. Um, and over time, we'll probably finesse it, um, but it, it it's basically fairly succinct in what we, we do. I guess one of the fascinating things from my perspective, I used to be a planner and I used to be a member of the Financial Planners Association, the FPA, yeah. and uh, it was a fascinating relationship. I, I moved out of that when I, when I started my own fund, but uh, being a member of the AIOFP, which is the Association of Independent 
financial professionals. I keep I can't ever get it right. But um, this expansion of your title and branding, though, I, I guess puts a bit of a shot across the bow with all of the organisations that are out there vying, I guess, for the membership and advocacy of financial planners themselves. I, I guess, is that a fair statement to make? Uh, well, yes. I mean, it's, uh, it's something that we recognise that we are sort of moving into a slightly different sector. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the moment, with Tax and Super Australia, as it originally was, we were competing with groups like CPA, um, the Tax Institute, um, Chartered Accountants. But what we are finding is that um, the practitioners that we speak to are saying that the other associations that they are members of don't necessarily um, provide them with what they need for their small to medium practices. So okay. it tends to be that um, they looking those associations are looking at the larger corporate members um, because then obviously you get a lot more uh, revenue from a one large corporate and it's easier to manage a relationship with a larger group. Um, one invoice, one chunk of money, you know, <laughs> easier to manage, I guess, but yeah. it's also easier to lose as well. Yeah, exactly. So um, the interesting thing, though, is that over 25% of financial planners aren't members of any association. So really, I mean, that, that really quite surprises me because I guess one of the, the key elements of being part of an association is to be able to get the hours up. And ladies and gentlemen, you may not be aware, but there is this horrid thing that people you know, hang over them. It's called CPD, yeah. Continuous Professional Development. And uh, as a fund manager, I have to do 20 hours a year, but financial planners have to do 40. It's 40, it's 40 hours. And when you think about it, you think, oh, that can't be too bad. But they've got to squeeze this in amongst everything else that they do, I guess. And so uh, I guess being able to provide those hours in, in an easy-to-digest format, I, I think, is, is something that you're going to be looking at in, in the future, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Well, we offer it already. And um, we have member prices and non-member prices. So we, um, with the, the offerings that we have, people who may be members of other associations may go, oh, well, they're doing a topic that I'm interested in and they come in and do it that way. Mm-hmm. So that's why you don't always need to be a member of an association. If you're prepared to pay more to do a piece of CPD, um, you can do that. Um, but what we are trying to do is obviously encourage people to become members because then we can offer them better rates. Um, and that's the, the real um, hook, I guess, for, for most industry associations is that there's preferential pricing. So it's, it's worth joining an association just so you can get your CPE at a good price because mm. otherwise it gets very expensive. And, and again, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's something that you may not be aware of, but you know, these are small businesses when you're talking about financial planners and small accounting firms and the like, and every dollar counts. And so when you've got to – and the, this, I guess, is a bottom-line cost – uh, and so people are always looking for a better deal out there. So it is fairly competitive. Look, it's just about time for a short station announcement. You're here on Dollars and Making Sense. I'm Ray Treveson from OTG Capital. I'm here at the microphone with Pippa McKee from the IFPA. We're going to take a short station announcement and we'll be back. We'll be back. We will be back in just a moment. <laughs> And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Dollars and Making Sense. I'm Ray Treveson from OTG Capital, and I'm here at the microphone with Pippa McKee from IFPA. And Pippa, IFPA stands for? 
Institute of Financial Professionals Australia. Wonderful. I'm glad she remembers it. I still haven't got it quite right. It's the old TSA, ladies and gents, just in case. Now, look, before we went to the break, we were talking about your membership and CPD hours, which, again, if you're an industry professional, that's your meat and potatoes. It's really, really important that you get your hours up and satisfy the regulation requirements. And, ladies and gents, it's really important that when you deal with an accountant or a tax planner or a financial planner that they are up to date and you check them on the asset register and all of that kind of stuff is really important. So Pippa's organisation, just like I have to, you know, we've got to conform to the regulations. And you know that uh, part of our education that we do here at Dollars and Making Sense is about letting people know that we only deal with licensed people. So, you know, we had a show earlier in the year about Finfluencers and about the, the impact of social media and TikTok and all of those. The reason I don't go down that path is that I want to stay very well within the law and compliance so that you know that whatever you hear on the show is always going to be kosher and above board. So let's roll on a little bit. Before we went to the break, you were talking about roughly 4,000 members, but, but you've got a circle of influence that obviously goes beyond that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, we, um, as, as you mentioned, put around 4,000 members, and they are the um, uh, accountants, they are the uh, tax specialists that people go to, and, and then your superannuation specialists as well. But in addition to that, we, we talk to around 12,000 people on each day mm-hmm. through our newsletters. Um, and many of them are in the same space. They, they, they operate uh, their own businesses, but others may be lawyers. They may be um, people who have a, um, an indirect interest in the world of tax, um, mm-hmm. whether they, they work in a corporate environment and they, um, they, they use uh, as a CFO, for example. They may be just interested in finding out what, what else we're, we're doing. So... Is that the is that kind of where you were? That's true, but you've got a website and you've got resources on that website because yep. one of the things that we do on, on Dollars and Making Sense is always point our listeners to resources that they can get their hands on. Mm. Sometimes you've got to pay for it, but a lot of the, the resources are free. So one of the ones that we mentioned, for example, Pippa, is MoneySmart. Mm. MoneySmart.com.au, it's run by the ATO. It's a great free resource. Mm. So I guess a bit of a, a shameless plug here for the IFPA. Are there free bits of resources? that people can go to the IFPA website and, and bone up a, a little bit on, on tax and super and, and, and that kind of financial knowledge? Yes, well, we, uh, we have our daily update newsletter. Right. So every day we, we um, collate, if you like, the, the issues of the day. Right. Um, so if there's a particular issue around, for example, um, estate planning or um, there's a, a new tax regulation that's come out that will impact people when they're doing their tax return each year. These are the sorts of things that we will put down and um, discuss in a, a reasonably concise fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people will just sign up for the, that newsletter. And they don't have to be members to sign up no, for that no, newsletter? No, that's a free resource. Wonderful. So um, that is something that we offer. We also um, have a, a new... Um, a newsletter, well, not a newsletter, a publication that we put out um, bi-monthly. Right. It's called Outlook. It's our magazine, and that's where we really get into the guts of some topics. So that is our, I guess, flagship publication that people can purchase. 
um, if they like. Um, and uh, I believe we have some, the back issues are available to look at on our website. So I will just, um, I know we, we've changed up our website in the last week because we have rebranded. So. Well, we're going to talk about the rebranding yeah. in a little bit. But yeah. one of the interesting factors is that uh, I, I know a lot of our listeners, for example, run their own self-managed super funds, and so they're trustees. And when we had Neville uh, Berthasil uh, on the show from uh, IFPA, we were talking a lot about director IDs. Yes. And, uh, again, one of the, the fascinating things is um, I certainly found it rather simple to go and do my director ID, but a lot of people didn't find it easy, <clears throat> and so they've been extended. And so... For those of you out there in this little land that haven't done your director IDs, go and do it. You need to have a MyGov ID. You then need to sign up and get your director ID. And it's there for a very, very good reason. And we talked about it. Go back into the blog and have a look at it, ladies and gents. But it's something that we have discussed. And I know... Uh, I, I have Natasha uh, is due back on the show very shortly because there's been lots of changes in the superannuation field. And I know some people find super boring, but this is an area that you're, you're finding is expanding, a, a real need there is expanding, isn't it? Yes, and um, we recognise that our, our organisation, we really wanted to ramp up what we were offering members and also non-members around superannuation. Mm -hmm. So um, we... We did it. We merged, or we had a group merge with us in June this year, right. called the Self-Managed Independent Superannuation Funds Association. <laughs> Another big name. Another big TLA. <laughs> yes. Um, so CISPA. And I want to get some context here for you, Pippa, as well. We were both at the conference yesterday listening to some people talking about super. And ladies and gents, I think this these numbers really, I, I think, put me back on my heels a bit. Uh, we're talking about uh, an industry now that is worth over $3 trillion, okay? Listen to that again, $3 trillion, with a big T, capital T, and that's scoped to grow to $5 trillion within the next two years. So this is because the superannuation guarantee is going up from 105 up to 12% over the next few years. And so the impact of super, I think, is going to be lifelong and uh, like it or hate it, and I think one of the fascinating things that we were talking about in the conference yesterday, Pippa, was the objectives of super, and I think these are really good discussions. I certainly want to be talking about that in 2023 because uh, super to me is near and dear. I think it's one of the best things that, that the Hawke-Keating government ever did in the 90s, yet I still find it, it draws a lot of people out, and it, 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 I think it, it really does... There's a, there's a divide, don't you find, in, in opinion about whether people like or hate compulsory super? There's always a divide on these things, yes. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, to, to have a, a compulsory superannuation um, amount of money sitting there at the end of the day um, is life-changing for people who may not otherwise have been able to um, put that money aside. Um, the fact that it's just done... Um, out of their pay packets, um, on top of their pay packets, mm -hmm, really, mm -hmm. um, is, is something that other countries, I think, would be very envious of. Um, people in other countries don't always have this sort of opportunity. So, um, yes, you know, the whole, the whole area of superannuation is one that we are going to be focusing on intensely. And also, we, we did publish in recent years a book for um, SMSF trustees, and this is something that we're revisiting. 
So we may well have some um, consumer-facing publications um, in the next year that we can um, talk about and distribute, um, you know, through your show even, um, because that that will be a very much a, a how-to, how to set it up, how to run it, what to look out for. So it's something that will help people who then can go and do their tax and go and consult with their superannuation specialists, but they'll have that knowledge about what they can do and the implications of, of, what, of each type of investment that they, they want to go into. So um, it's, it's really one of those tools that will be broader than just for um, our members to use for their clients. I think it's really important at this point to also point out to, to our listeners that that information is always given out as general advice. Yes. So it's, it's that aspect. Pippa, that we constantly constantly reinforce is that everything we do on the show is general advice only. And uh, I guess, look, we're all adults out there, but I, I find even to my dismay that as recently in the last couple of weeks, I've seen articles on, on uh, mainstream media of superannuants getting into dodgy dealings and, and crypto, and I just sit there and lament because despite all our warnings and misgivings around trying to be professionals and, and giving uh, general advice and then saying to people don't do anything until you've spoken to an industry professional there's still a lot of people that go out and do it anyway and do it themselves um, mm -hmm. does that make you despair or is it just that that's humanity and we've just got to face up to it that there's there's going to be a schmuck out there somewhere sooner or later and they're just going to continue to to fall off the cliff and there's nothing we can do about it look not not everyone has got an advisor not everyone has got an accountant, they all fit, you know, there's been this push for people to do their own um, tax returns and, you know, a lot of people can do that without... Well, I've got to say, when we, I sat down with my children, they're all in their 20s and we did their tax returns. All the pre-filling that's done now through my gov, I just sat there and went, wow, this is a breeze. Mm. This is wonderful. Yeah. I, I think it conjures some interesting thoughts with the rebranding exercise that you've done now. And I, I want to delve a little bit into that now, um, that making it more DIY is certainly what we're looking at and with the demise of the number of financial planners that are out there. And I think that's something you're going to be looking at as well. Um, well, we are certainly going to be uh, looking at the the, the, the the people that are still in the industry. We certainly want to help expand their businesses and, right. and there's a lot of convergence happening in the sector. This is part of, this is part of the reason that we have done our rebrand um, because we find that um, accountants, um, tax specialists, superannuation, and also the um, um, financial advisors are converging. They're, they're overlapping in what they oh, offer. I, 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 that's a really valid point mm. you make. I think convergence is a very good term. Mm. Having come from the IT world where you know, we talked about convergence for 20 years of voice and data and all of a sudden the internet arrived and mm. here we are. We're looking at the same thing here. Yeah. We're talking yeah. tax, we're talking super, we're talking financial advice. And because super is compulsory, everybody is going to be facing that point when they get to their mid-60s where this big lump of money is just on the horizon and yeah. it's like it's like Uluru coming up on the horizon. It's like, what am I going to do with this big chunk of money? 
Well, this is the thing, and this is why we um, we feel that the, the way we're, we're trying to structure our organisation now is to enable this kind of, of seamless interaction, particularly from a consumer perspective, because what they want is they just want to be able to go to one place where they can do their tax, they can get their financial advice, all rolled into one. A one-stop shop, really. A one-stop shop. And, and that's what we're, we're starting to see out there, um, accountants emerging with financial planning groups. Um, and this is, this is um, something that's going to gain pace over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I said, you know, from a consumer perspective, they just want to be able to go to one place at the end of each year for, for their review of their entire um, financial setup. So, you know, is there, is there um, super working for them when they're looking at their financial wealth? Um, are they optimising their tax properly? And this may well encourage more people to actually start using these professional services because they don't feel like they're going to be having to go to an accountant and then they have to go and um, talk to a financial advisor in a separate place, double you know double fees in a way because they're going to have That's to true. That's true. A kiss principle, keeping it simple. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And uh, yeah, so so. We, we want to create an environment for our members where they can all interact and meet and potentially do their, you know, do their referral businesses together, that sort of thing, to make it easier for them to grow their business and also for um, the better outcome of their clients. Right, well, a better outcome for clients, I think, is the, is the priority. And if mm-hmm. that flows into better business outcomes, that's a great that's great for everybody then, mm-hmm. I guess. Well, look, it's time for a break. Uh, you're here on Dollars and Making Sense. I'm here with Pippa McKee from the IFPA. We're going to go for a short station announcement, and we'll, we will be right back. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Dollars and Making Sense. I'm Ray Treverson from OTG Capital, and t- today I have at the microphone Pippa McKee from the IFPA, and it's the Institute of Financial Professionals of Australia. Well there done. you go. I've just got the thumbs up from Pippa. She's looking at me going, well done, I've finally nailed it. So there you go. If pa. If pa. Um, yeah, I'll take a bit of getting used to on that one. If pa. Okay. So, so look, with the rebranding, one of the interesting things, I'd like to talk a little bit about the logo and how you came up with the logo. It's a dragon, isn't it? Oh, right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we, um, back in 1919, when uh, what is now IFPA was originally established, it was called Taxpayers Australia. And it was very much um, St. George and the Dragon was oh, right. our logo at the time. It was a stylized, you know, St. George going into battle on behalf of the taxpayer. Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, um, so that has always been in our DNA, if you like. So when we transitioned to becoming Tax for Super Australia, um, we kept that that um, concept of the knight and the knight ah. so chess piece. Oh, the chess piece. Okay. The chess piece um, in the the, the, old, the the most recent logo, and then what we decided to do for the new logo was to reference back to the St. George and Dragon concept. So our, our new logo is in the shape of a shield, mm-hmm. and that is obviously self-evident. It's, you know, the shield of St. George. Um, and then we also commissioned an illustration of St. George and the Dragon, a very stylized, um, quite detailed image of 
St. George on the horse slaying the dragon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's really uh, it, it's really harking back to our sort of defend and protect um, concept, uh, whereby our um, we we're out there on behalf of our members. Right. Um, we're out there to make sure that you know their their issues are represented, and by by representing their issues, we're obviously looking after the wider Australian consumer issues as well. So we we're very much focused on what people need, and we are there to help deliver it for them. So that was part of the the, the rationale there. Okay, so you've got a new brand, you've got a new name, you've got a new website, look and feel, and I guess we've got a new uh, sheriff in town. Okay, so Jane Hume is no longer, since Stephen Jones now is the minister, and uh, with the Labor government, uh, I guess after six months, certainly the reading that I I come across, uh, no matter, I guess, your flavour, whether it's Murdoch or, or Fairfax or, or the, the public broadcasters, seems to have given the, the current government a reasonable tick in the boxes, you know, a, a, a solid first six months. Do you see the IFPA engaging with government during the course of next year in 2023 on policy and advocacy uh, elements? And if so, specifically, what do you think is going to be the priority topic that you would like to be able to sit down with Minister Jones? Yeah, well, we, we certainly would like to be engaging more. Um, we, we've, it, it's an interesting um, setup at the moment because there's a lot more um, of the independents um, that have been elected as well. So they are uh, looking to understand the topics of the day a bit better. And so we've already had um, discussions with some of them. I'm curious, can I just drill down on that, for example, because the listenership of this particular community radio station in Radio Northern Beaches, we had a teal elected. So right. Dr. Sophie Scomps okay. uh, was on the radio station on a number of occasions, and I guess uh, I wrote to our previous member, Jason Falinski, over and over and over, and given the fact that we were sitting in a seat that had been Liberal since 1945, for it to go teal... Uh, at the last election was really quite something. So can I ask specifically, were you dealing with the Melbourne Teals at all or because of your location or have you been able to talk with all the independents? No, no, we, we've sort of spread ourselves out there to, um, to pretty much everyone. Oh, great. Um, all the parliamentarians that are out there just to introduce what we're doing and make ourselves available because, um, uh, you know, the... The independents who've come in have come in with less of a staff allocation, so they don't always have the resources that they might have had previously. Um, and therefore, you know, for, for um, someone like our organisation, we're very happy to talk to people and sort of help them um, understand the issues or um, if they need some advice on how to understand an element of legislation, we're, right. we're happy to talk on that basis. But we'll also, of course, keep advocating for our members on, on, on issues that are important to them. So um, we've we've spoke, um, we've been in touch with um, the, the opposition and then also with uh, Stephen Jones's office. We've written to him a few times, um, but, um, we, you know, this is something that we want to build up a relationship with over the next year, certainly. Yes, it's a fascinating element. Uh, I often say to people, I, I, I'm pinching a line from Aaron Sorkin here from the West Wing, but sausages and laws are the two things you don't want uh, seen being made. And uh, given I did my master's degree in government policy oh, way right. back okay. way back in the 90s, 
um, policy is never easy. And this is the, the one thing that I often lament. And when I, I'm a big Twitter user and, and when I see the kind of discourse, even in the public arena around uh, policy development, uh, it's not an easy thing to do. And and I think engaging with ministers at any level, whether it be through staff, whether it be directly with a minister, is just the tip of the iceberg. And, and when we're talking about you know, the, the, the development of superannuation policy and, and so much work still needs to be done in that space because we are talking about pretty big stakes here when we're talking $5 trillion uh, in, in 2025 and we're talking about the future of our retirement um, I don't know about you, Pippa, but it's just around the corner from oh, me. That's pretty scary. Yeah, and so, and so, and and I consider us, you know, reasonably well-educated people, and we're in the industry. And so, for people that aren't there and they don't deal day to day, and I mean, a lot of my clients at at my fund, they just say, "Ray, just take care of it. I I, I don't want to know. You know, mm. you, you, you know, I just get the yield. I want to get on with my life." Yeah. And so, a lot of people see, you know, the tax and the super and all of that as a once-a-year thing. Yeah. And so, you know, when you've got to grab them. And so one of, well, one of the, again, one of the interesting things that I saw at the conference yesterday was somebody talking about legislation and regulation and, and they were introducing, a, they were showing a little bit of tech, which I'm always interested in, in artificial uh, intelligence and, and automation. And the idea that we could automate compliance, uh, it's fanciful because I just can't see it yet. And being a responsible manager myself with my own licence, the endless amount of compliance that we are still having to deal with, and I know we're going to be dealing with Minister Jones on, on seeing if we can untangle that spaghetti. Do you see 2023 getting better for compliance, or is it still going to be bad, or do you think it's going to get worse? Well, look, the the ATO is working very hard on um, the whole digitalisation. Um, so, you know, things like self-service. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, theoretically, it should be becoming less compliance related um, but at the same time you know as you say it's it's never it's never completely free because um, the people who do tend to do their own um, tax they often find that they have to go back to their accountant later to unpick some of the things that they've done so you know from from a consumer perspective things might look like they're getting easier um, but at the same time, they need to be quite careful that they're, they're maximising everything that they can do. Um, so whether that is part of what we um, you, you, you're talking about from a compliance perspective. Well, I, I think it's an overall package kind of thing because consumers don't understand. I don't think they're even interested, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. They just say, look, I just want to get my taxes done and get on with mm-hmm. my life. I want to go back to the beach or whatever they were doing beforehand. And mm-hmm. so I think the easier we can make it while and streamlining that process. So I think when I spoke with Neville uh, Berthesil earlier around director IDs and the digitalization push within the ATO, I think the overall aims, I think, are incredibly admirable. And um, I don't say it enough, but I think the ATO, the ATO do a sterling job, terribly thankless, <laughs> okay? <laughs> it's awfully thankless. I mean, you know, nobody likes the tax collector, but uh, I was saying to, to Phil London as well, you know, Oliver Wendell Holmes, that famous you know jurist, uh, American jurist, you know taxes are the prices we pay for a civilized society. Yeah, and so yes. I say to people, if you want your hospitals and your roads, pay your taxes. Okay, so I guess from that perspective, you know, I, I think 
the, the simpler we can make it along the way. But I still also want to educate people along the way. Mm. It's not just a matter of ticking boxes. You'd like them to understand what they're actually doing as well, wouldn't you think? Yeah, you'd say so. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I, I, I think just sort of wishing them away sometimes is not necessarily the best uh, stratagem. Having them understand what is happening to them along the way, I think, is a good thing. My kids right now with Super, for example, don't want to know, Dad, that's 40 years away. And I'm going, no, you need to understand about compounding now. And they're going, God, this dinosaur. So I, I think it's important. So there you go. There you go. So look, with, with 2023, um, uh, literally just around the corner, uh, I guess um, – with the new logo, the new branding and the like, do you see um, IFPA getting out there and doing a lot more events and engaging with the public? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we uh, are certainly going to be pushing out there for um, more of our uh, conference-type activities. Mm -hmm. So we'll be uh, running our first conference in April next year. Um, and where's that going to be? In Melbourne. Wonderful. In Melbourne. So it'll be a one-day conference, so we're, we're keeping it quite succinct. Um, but it'll be around future-proofing your business. So it, it's really for a, um, from a practitioner perspective, it's, it's getting a sense of um, what, what is going to be needed in your practice going forward, um, how best to protect yourself, so cybersecurity, those sorts of issues that um, are ever-growing, unfortunately, for all of us. Is it ever? Yeah, and uh, particularly when you're handling people's financial details, it's it's a very tricky situation if you if you get hacked. So that's certainly one of the things we look at. Um, so that one-day event is spe- specifically for practitioners, though, so the general public aren't invited to that, are they? Uh, well, I mean, they're welcome to attend, but whether they... Um, it may be that the practitioner would probably um, get more out of it. Um, at this point in time, um, we would be interested in running some other events for consumers or the general public um, that are separate to something like that. Um, we can right. So if I was to, I guess, encapsulate 2023 for you in your mind's eye, if you cast yourself forward 12 months from today, if there were one or two things, key things that you'd like to achieve, what do you think that would be? Well, we certainly would like to have embedded the name IFPA, uh, Institute of Financial Professionals Australia, <laughs> um, out there in the marketplace right. as the organisation for the small to medium practitioner. Um, uh, we, we want people to, to look at us as their tribe, their community. This is where you can come and um, we will be the, the, the group that will help you future-proof your business, develop it, going forward um, and with the right sort of people around you um, from a member perspective as well as the technical support perspective. Right. Um, so that's that's very important for us, you know, for this next year really to become recognised in that regard because there, there's a bit of movement, as you know, in the um, association space. There's some mergers being talked about um, and so people may be well looking for, you know, who who is community, who is their, their tribe, if you like? I guess when you're looking for your tribe and, and mm-hmm. there are so many membership organisations out there, there's, as you say, there's M&A happening there, there's mm-hmm. mergers and acquisitions mm-hmm. occurring there. It does sound a little bit cannibalistic at times when it, it sounds like you know, they're eating their own young. Is that true or is it less cannibalistic in, in from an outsider's perspective? From our perspective, what we're trying to do is... Um, 
bring in complementary um, organisations and, and people mm -hmm. that can help sort of expand what we do. So we're not necessarily trying to pinch another, you know, membership association right. membership group. Right. It's more how, how can we best structure our own organisation to truly deliver for who we are currently looking after and the, um, the membership base that we see at the moment as being not as well represented as could be. So, so I guess the market will be the big determinant that, you yes. know, the, the users and the members will come back out and say, hey, we like this or they won't. Exactly. And, and I guess uh, we live in an age now where people aren't shy in stepping up and, and voicing their dissent or, or pleasure, I guess, either way. Exactly. And I guess the other question that I've got then, given that we do have a, a new sheriff in town, do you see as one of your key KPIs in, in 2023 as being able to get closer to that government area and, and, and that advocacy with, with federal government? Yes, we certainly want to do that. And um, we have established um, some uh, new policy and technical and policy committees mm -hmm. um, that we're, we're really going to drill down into um, the issues of the day. So uh, that is something absolutely we're going to be um, raising our hand more. We'll be more visible in the submissions that we're making and the, um, the media that, we're try that we will try and get out there on various topics. So Natasha and Neville uh, and Philip will be the ones that you'll be hearing from um, when we have the um, specific legislation or regulations or policy issues of the day. So they will be the ones that will be out and about um, on ISFA's behalf. And um, it'll be a, it'll be a really interesting year, actually. So we we're looking forward to it. Well, I, I've got to say, twenty twenty three is going to be exciting from our perspective. Um, you know, we've got the potential to take the radio show national. So I think that's a, a wonderful opportunity. Well, we, we won't celebrate just yet. We've still got to get over the line. But I certainly see our relationship growing in twenty twenty three. I'm going to hopefully welcome you back to the microphone during the course of next year, maybe around the conference. Yes. Uh, we'll catch up at that time. Maybe do a revamp and, and revisit some of the topics that we've talked about today and do a retrospective and say, hey, we talked about that and how did it actually go? Yeah. Um, I, I think that's always a worthwhile uh, exercise in, in sort of realigning the, the context and saying, hey, we said that was a KPI, how are we actually going? And certainly from the, the technical perspective, having experts like Neville and Phil and, and Natasha available to our microphones here at Dollars and Making mm. Sense. I've got to say a big thank you. You know, They really are a wonderful resource to be able to tap into. A mm. um, bit nervous at first, but you know, they, they get the hang of it and they, they get into it and really start delivering the goods. I've had wonderful feedback okay. from our listeners in that regard. So yeah. you know, we're really pleased to have them on the show and we hope to do that again in 2023. Great. They're a great team. We're very happy. Wonderful. So, well, you. look, that's about it for us here on Dollars and Making Sense. Pippa, I'd like to thank you very kindly for being on our show today. Really appreciate you, Sarah. Uh, spending some time with me uh, here on the wonderful Surface Paradise coastline and uh, and I'll bid you farewell and, and until next time, thank you. Wonderful, thank you Ray, it's been terrific. All the best.